NXT is running their Great American Bash next week, which is headlined by Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, a pretty bitter feud. The Great American Bash is no stranger to those bitter feuds. In fact, the origins of the Great American Bash date back to a series of shows in 1987 that were headlined by the very first ever War Games match. Over the years, the Bash would jump from Jim Crockett Promotions to WCW to WWE, and then just last year to NXT. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're talking about the Great American Bash. We have some interesting stories from the early years of the Great American Bash, plus we're going to cover down on this year's event. John Smith is in the house. We have headlines from the last 24 hours, including the crowning of Swerve Scott. And this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for June 30th, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. All right, John, welcome to the show. Good to be here, man. Live from vacation, and I'm in bed. It's throwback to our first show together. <laughs> oh, yeah, I should introduce you as not the guy from Pocahontas then. All right, well, we have a fun show today because we are going to talk about the Great American Bash, and not just this year's event. We're going to go back in time a little bit and talk about some of the old history and stuff from uh, the Great American Bash, but as I mentioned in the intro... 1987 is when the Great American Bash first materialized, and it was a series of events, actually, in 1987, and they carried WCW and Jim Crockett promotions for many years, all the way probably till the end, just about, and then WWE picked it up in 2004 and ran with it for four years. They did a special SmackDown in 2012, and then NXT picked it up just last year. John, the Great American Bash, looking forward to this year's event? I am. Just that million-dollar championship alone, that that intrigues me with uh, Cameron Grimes inevitably becoming the butler of L.A. Knight. <laughs> I, I look forward to that. Funny you mentioned the first War Games, because I remember watching the first War Games when WWE or NXT picked up the War Games a few years ago. I went back and watched the first one. I didn't remember that it was at the Great American Bash, but that was a hell of a match back in 87. Yeah, and there, it's actually not too easy to find. You really got to do some digging to find that. It was the Road Warriors, Nikita Koloff, Dusty Rhodes, and Paul Ellering actually wrestling here against the four horsemen, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Lex Luger, Tully Blanchard, and J.J. Dillon. And so it's fun because some of these guys you see on Dynamite these days. <laughs> but that was in the Omni back in Atlanta. They ran a series of shows called the great american bash back in those days dusty was booking at that time really interesting stuff great american bash is where that started this event has a rich history because war games look at what war games has turned into over the years that turned into its own event in wcw and now it's big takeover event in nxt and even mlw has run a war game style match and so has aew now that was a concept that was birthed out of the great american bash and it is very alive today what is this like what 35 years later or something like that so yeah some of the more recent stuff i do remember the texas bull rope match between jbl and eddie guerrero for the wwe title that was a really good match and then there was also undertaker versus the dudleys with paul bearer in a concrete box or a box that would be filled with concrete if the dudleys won 
But Undertaker won and still pulled the lever and buried him under concrete. We didn't see him for six more years. And that was then 2004. That was the first event WWE pulled back the Great American Bash after purchasing WCW in, in 2001. So I got a couple of interesting things for you. John, have you heard legend of the trio of matches between Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat in 1989? Often talked about as one of the great, you know, the classic rivalries and the classic trio of matches. At the end of that trio, Ric Flair stands in the ring. He's got the world championship. Terry Funk was on commentary and Terry Funk jumped in the ring and he challenged Ric Flair to a match. Ric Flair denied Terry Funk that match. So Terry Funk gave Ric Flair a pile driver through a table on the outside kind of unheard of for 1989 and uh first and foremost happy 77th birthday today to terry funk but the reason i bring this up is in 1989 that got paid off at the great american bash in baltimore and uh, flair defeated funk with an inside cradle to end that rivalry so it's funny the raw roll-up got used for the the big world title championship match <laughs> in baltimore so they're ripping off Monday Night Raw, right? There you go. But Baltimore would host nine Great American Bashes from 89 through 97 or so, but they skipped a year here or there. But in 1990, Sting won his first world championship. Again, he defeated Ric Flair. That was at the Great American Bash. So WCW has a plethora of history tied to this event. Really big moments in Jim Crockett Promotions, NWA, and WCW. I got an interesting story about 1991, though, John, that I want to share with you. Oh, yeah. The event event was supposed to be headlined by Ric Flair defending the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, and it was heavily promoted as such. Do you know what happened? Uh, Ric Flair got fired two weeks before the event. Flair kept the belt and brought it to WWE. I do remember that. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, that was a huge deal back then, too. It sure was the the real world's champion in WWE. It made for some really great WWE television. You remember how Flair would come to the ring and he'd have the belt on and they would blur it out because of copyright and stuff like that. Years later, there would be the thing with Medusa dropping the WWE Women's Championship in the trash. Well, that's like payback for this thing that Flair did back in 91, 92. So. Yeah, when you look at it that way, it makes it seem a lot better that Medusa did that and that WCW decided to do that. Right. Well, then NXT, I mean, we talked about the WWE era a little bit with the bull rope match and the, the Undertaker burying Paul Bear in cement. But NXT pulled that event back last year, and that was somewhat historic, too, in the sense that Adam Cole had been on a run, a long, historic championship run for NXT, and it was ended when Keith Lee became the champ champ at the Great American Bash last year. Yeah, Keith Lee had, was on a meteoric rise at the time, ever since War Games, bringing it back to War Games earlier the year before. He had just been on a huge streak. He won the North American title. He won a, I, I don't know if it was a tournament or a battle royal to get the shot at Adam Cole or if it was just a challenge, but he ended up beating him. And where's Keith Lee now? It's so weird to see how he's just gone straight, Not not his him himself but like his character his exposure is just it's not even on the map anymore yeah i can't wait to hear what's going on with keith lee because i have read up on this and there's been nothing reported on this show about keith lee i guess the closest we've got is he's not cleared to compete and people thought he was out for covid reasons early on 
but it just been out so long now. So it's not that I don't know what it is, but I'll be eager to see him get back in the ring at some point. If you remember back to survivor series that you're talking about that, that war games weekend with survivor series, there was a little acknowledgement between Roman Reigns and Keith Lee in the ring there. So we need to get back to that. We need to see that Keith Lee Roman Reigns situation. They had to beat Randy Orton in his first pay-per-view match, right. so they were they were, were prepared to push him to the moon. But what the heck happened? Was it the fact that his song changed? Is it the fact that they made him put a shirt on? So what are you trying to cover up the fat guy? We can still tell he's fat, you know. <laughs> it's all muscle, John. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tell the girls. Yes, me too. All right, let's talk about this year's Great American Bash because we have a four-match card. It's not a terribly deep card, but it's a special episode of NXT, so it's only a two-hour show with commercials and whatnot. So I think four matches is probably enough, especially given the, these matches. I assume that the main event is going to be Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole, but part of me thinks that this Ciampa-Thatcher-MSK match is getting built into a, a pretty important spot. Yeah, it seems that way, but I think the O'Reilly and Cole thing makes a little bit more sense because it's it's the blood feud. It's tag team championships typically wouldn't ever main event a pay-per-view or special show or whatever you want to call this. So I'm going to go with your first thought with O'Reilly and Cole, but either way it would be fine by me because all these matches are great. Yeah, and so the Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole match. O'Reilly won the last match, right? So this is Adam Cole's match, this one, right? Yeah, the last one was unsanctioned or whatever they they called it. This one is going to be a normal one-on-one -on -one match. There's no stipulations in this one. That's Adam Cole's world right there. It's a wrestling, a straight-up wrestling match. Cole wins this one. Yeah, I think so, too. Adam Cole wins this one, which just means that we're going to three. Yeah, probably SummerSlam weekend, I'm thinking. Yeah, exactly. I know they started with the big unsanctioned match, but... It feels like they'll have to do some sort of stipulation match. Maybe a straight-up steel cage. I'd like to see them bring back the old steel cage where it was actually the bars with the holes. <laughs> I love Big Blue. <laughs> yeah, Hogan versus Bundy, that steel cage. There you go. Talk about going back to 87. You just went back to 86. <laughs> so MSK versus Ciampa and Thatcher. I'm looking forward to this. I was mentioning in production that I listened to an interview that Ciampa did with PW Insider and he talked about his forming this tag team with Toothless Timmy and Ciampa was talking about how he was going to rut for 18 months or so since he had come back and this has really got both of them kind of position and this is Thatcher's first attempt for a title. He was a tag champ technically with Riddle but that was because he was, you know, you know, filling in for, I forget who, to be honest with you. Pete Dunn. Oh, Pete Dunn, yeah. 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 Which, Pete Dunn, not on the Great American Bash, I guess because he's a UK guy. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, I like the potential of this match. I think Thatcher and Ciampa are, are going to win this. You know, it, it, it all seems like it's leading that direction, and I think MSK is established enough now where – they don't need to have the titles anymore for now. They will have them again, I'm sure. But for now, I think they're good. You're right. They got them off and running and winning the tag titles. It seemed like it was an important thing for them because it quickly established them. Now they can lose the titles and spend the next year or whatever building back to them. Ciampa and Thatcher are going to be great in every single outing working at any team. 
MSK will probably be better for this match, though. Maybe they'll work a long program with, like, Hit Row or something. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay, the other tag team title matches, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell versus the new-ish tag team of Zoe Stark and Io Shirai. Uh, Zoe Stark and Io Shirai have had three matches together, and Io doesn't really like Zoe, but she respects her. I don't know about this match. I, I really like Candice and Indy to retain these titles forever. Yeah, I, I like them to win this match too. Maybe we'll see some sort of swerve with the uh, with the other two. Io turn heel, or maybe Zoe turns heel. I think it will make more sense to turn Zoe though, because you know, people would probably still cheer Io if she started beating up Zoe at some point, unless she did something real cruel to her yeah. to really like make make her look like the heel. Zoe's in that Dakota Kai spot. She's really vanilla, and a heel turn would just add so much to her depth of character. So I, I'm with you. Maybe that's exactly what's going to happen. You turn on Io Shirai. She's, she has turned into a fan favorite, even if they try to make her heel here. And then the big one, the one that's main eventing our hearts, is this LA Knight versus Cameron Grimes match, which I mentioned this to, uh, to Travis earlier this week when he was on the show yesterday, I guess. I think that if Vince McMahon is going to the Performance Center to scout talent tomorrow, if he sees this... L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes stuff, I think he's going to want it on the main roster because he's going to have familiarity with the Million Dollar Championship. Both of these guys are characters. To me, that makes if he sees this, I think it's going it's to go. Yeah, Cameron Grimes seems like a no-brainer to bring up to the main roster immediately. I don't know what they plan on doing with L.A. Knight, but maybe Vince wants that Million Dollar Championship on TV again and he can bring L.A. Knight up with it. Yeah. And LA Knight, I know he's short-tenured in NXT, so it doesn't feel like it would be appropriate to pull him up at this point or anything like that, but he's been around a long time. He's no AJ Styles. AJ Styles being the best example of somebody who skipped NXT, but he's been around a long, long time. There's no news here, folks. This is just pure speculation. And Yeah, this Million Dollar Championship, Cameron Grimes will definitely be the butler here. I liked, in pre-production, you were talking about, this is Ted DiBiase and Virgil, 2.0. Yeah. Absolutely. Virgil was a willing participant in that combo. This is going to be a little bit different, but I think it will still be entertaining. And going back to what you said about Vince at the Performance Center, I think that's part of the reason they took the belt off of Bronson Reed yesterday. Because it looks like Bronson Reed's going to be one of the guys that gets pulled up. He's got a cool look. He's got some badass music, and they can do something with him right away, what they did with uh, Priest. Good point, and, and good segue. So we're going to continue our discussion about Bronson Reed and Swerve Scott right after the commercial break. Stick with us, and we'll be talking about Bronson Reed and Swerve Scott in about a minute and a half. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to bodyslamclothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports. The show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeConi, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. 
and Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. headlines portion of the show and of course the big headline john you were alluding to it right before the break bronson reed no longer the north american champion the days of a hit row are upon us yeah i'm i'm doubly excited about this because i never understood why they put the belt on bronson reed in the first place i've never been a bronson reed guy and then i love hit row i love what they're doing with swerve right now so just for that belt to switch switch hands like that i popped pretty hard did you sing the Hit Row song? Did you go ahead and do a couple of bars of that? <laughs> we need Al Carl on the show for that. But yes, Bronson Reed lost the uh, the North American Championship last night, and you were talking about possibly him going up. He did work main event last week. He seems to be like a no-brainer uh, for them to pull up, given this situation. Why else would they do a very short title reign like this and have him lose to Isaiah Spurscott right away? Granted, Hit Row on fire on fire very popular act on nxt right now so it makes sense no complaints here but it does seem strange that bronson reed would have such a short run if they don't have other plans for him yeah he maybe he'll challenge swerve back for it in a couple weeks on on nxt on wednesday but i anticipate him coming up before SummerSlam to the main roster or maybe they'll wait till the day after because that's apparently when they're doing the the draft but yeah Big ups to hit row right now because they're really doing it. And they didn't really interfere too much. Swerve pretty much won it clean. Sort of. I mean, sort of. I mean, Bronson Reed. They never touched him. They never touched him. Correct. Correct. There was no touching whatsoever. But the closing sequence was Bronson Reed having to deal with Top Dalla and then Ashanti Theodonis. And then as he got back in the ring, he took a house call and a 450 from Swerve to get to lead right to the end. I think he was somewhat protected, but it was yeah. definitely a definitive win for Swerve. He didn't get, wasn't a chair shot or a bell to the head or anything like that. It was clean enough. And Swerve Scott, so interestingly, we talked about when Bronson Reed won, we talked about this long journey that Bronson Reed had to the North American Championship. Well, Swerve Scott's not too different. He has been wrestling since he was 18. He's 30 years old now. He's previously known as Shane Strickland, wrestled all over the place, CZW. And then uh, MLW and all over in Europe and whatnot. He was still active in the military when he started training. So it's been a long time coming for Swerve Scott. And now he's got that gold around his belt. And I think uh, Hit Rose off to the races. Great faction. Yeah, it seems like this is going to be a long title reign because he's got a few people to, to protect him. I thought they would actually pull Swerve into being a competitive member of the cruiserweight division given the the cuts that we had last week. So I was not terribly surprised because they had been building to a Bronson Reed Swerve Scott match, but they could certainly have Swerve get involved with Kushida and Roddy Strong 
who is who is obviously a member of the Diamond Mine now. So, well, Shanti the Adonis is he's a cruiserweight, so maybe that's what they're thinking. Maybe they'll both have a belt, or maybe they'll team they'll have a tag team at Top Dollar and a Shanti, and they'll be the tag champs at some point or contend for them at least. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You know what? We were just talking about if Champa and Thatcher were to win those titles against MSK, they'd be top dollar and and Ashanti Diodonis. I think they would learn a lot from a program with Thatcher and Champa. So, absolutely, very good to position those guys, Champa and Thatcher, in that way to accelerate some of the younger talent because they do have quite a bit of young talent that's coming in. Especially if people start getting plucked to the main roster, they're going to have to refresh. A bit so john smith the other big announcement on nxt last night was the return of the breakout tournament i don't know who they're going to use in it but it's, it's they've cut so many people recently but the performance center they have you can go to their performance center website you can scroll through see all the talent they have we were talking yesterday on the show parker bordeaux rick steiner's son there's some names that we haven't seen debut yet but it's real interesting. A lot of fun. It's, it's a hit maker, so to speak. Yeah, for the most part, they, they've debuted most of the people that they have. So I don't know, like, how are they going to find eight guys? Maybe, maybe there are eight guys that we don't know of, but maybe there will be a couple guys, like maybe a Rick Boogs or something yeah. that, gets, that gets to be involved in it. Maybe not him because he's so prevalent, but, like, you know, somebody we've seen before but hasn't really gotten much exposure yet, maybe – because the last time, all eight guys, none of them had anything on NXT television yet. I don't anticipate that being the case here because I can't think of eight guys that they would be using. And they they have many guys that they've just started with. Like, they just barely started with. So it would make sense to use some of them to give them a, a launching point. And you got your Asher Hale and your Ari Sterling and Trey Baxter. All these guys, well-known from the independents. Plus, you've got... Ikiman Yuro, who's been on 205 Live. So they've got a they've got a bunch of those, and then maybe you mix in some of the other guys like the Bordeaux and Rick Steiner's son and stuff like that. And maybe you got something there. But yeah, certainly I I think the breakout tournament is going to be a little bit more familiar to us this time than it was last time. Yeah. You know, By the way, whatever happened to Kona Reeves? <laughs> Kona Reeves is still a member of the roster. He has not been cut. He's there all the time. He works hard in the performance center. Everybody's positive on him but he has not been on any television recently so there's no creative for him but i have actually done that research recently on on reef so uh glad you brought that up so with that said we have some other wwe news Uh, yesterday becky lynch and seth rollins they tied the knot so seth rollins married the man is what you're saying yes in fact the wwe.com story said the man became a mom last year and now she is a wife <laughs> she may have handed that raw championship to asta but she certainly has a lot of titles the man the mom the wife all these things so wouldn't she be the husband if she's the man i you know what i don't know how those things work <laughs> i know how it generally works but when when you have becky lynch in this situation i don't know how that works uh, a couple of other things on dynamite tonight a jungle boy versus jack evans was added so Jungle Boy coming off of his big loss to Kenny Omega over the weekend. He'll be wrestling Jack Evans of TH2 on tonight's show. So probably get a win back there, I would assume. John, we've been talking a lot about MJF and Sammy Guevara on this show and on EWP last night. 
And I know you didn't get to register a pick because you weren't on the show, but to me, this was the match. The whole inner circle pinnacle feud. This was the match, and it's on dynamite tonight. Any thoughts on the match? Oh wow, they're back to Wednesdays, huh? Finally. Yes, finally. Wow, this I would think that MJF would win it just because he's the leader of this new pie. I always call him the pineapple first part. <laughs> this new pinnacle group is not so new anymore, but I just don't see Sam. But Sammy Guevara is not on the same level as MJF kayfabe or real life so i don't think that they give him the win here it's funny because what we were saying on the essential wrestling podcast last night is that sammy Guevara needs the win more than mjf but i picked mjf as well because i feel like he's going to run away with it he's he's the top guy now the funny thing is mjf has had no singles matches this year at all not on dark not on dark elevation not on dynamite no singles matches it's june it's the end of June. The last day of June, and he's having his first singles match of the year. He's got to win it then. Yeah. And <laughs> Al brought up also last night is that his big claim to fame is his record, right? His undefe- almost practically undefeated, except for his loss to John Moxley. But I guess it's easy to hold on to that record if you don't wrestle. <laughs> this is true. But he did wrestle plenty the first couple of years. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So then we have the Young Bucks versus Pentagon and Kingston in a tag title eliminator match tonight. We also have Chris Jericho on commentary, I'm sure, for the MJF and Sammy Guevara match. Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose are going to be facing off against Britt Baker and Rebel. And then the TNT Championship will be on the line as Miro defends against Brian Pillman Jr. Feels like Miro's in action. Yeah. Yeah, let's see how uh, flexible Pillman Jr. is <laughs> by the end yeah. of this match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Miro, by the way, Miro on fire recently. I think his promo work has been great. He's obviously amazing in the ring. I think we're seeing him level up a bit here. He's always been great, but I think we're seeing next level Miro at the moment. Yeah, he's definitely doing his best, the best work of his whole career right now. Yes, yeah. Yeah, not just AEW. Yeah. John, any words of advice for the people today? I do have words of advice for you, and it's a special vacation version. If you're going to be spending about six hours at the water park, Uh you're going to have to apply a lot more sunblock to your back than you would think because the inner tubes that you sit on, it rubs it all off. I have a nice big red strip of sunburn on my back right where my back would rest on the, uh, the inner tubes. Everything else is fine. Nice golden brown, good tan. And I have this strip on my back and it's terrible. I couldn't sleep last night. So double apply to your back unless you don't want to sit on any uh, inner tubes or you want to be uncomfortable sleeping for the next. So I want you to, I want you to stay on brand. So I'm going to ask, are you drinking any beers down there? I actually haven't had a beer since I came down. Okay. (laughs) If you do. Considering your current condition, there's only one beer for the occasion, and it's a red stripe. A red stripe. I, I'll, go, I'll go hunt down a six pack. Do they even make red stripe anymore? I haven't seen a red stripe in years. It'll go well with your red stripe. All right, Mike Bennett challenging Jonathan Gresham for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship at Best in the World, and I think that's it, John, unless there's something in wrestling we have left off. No, not that I could think of. All right. Well, then, for John Smith, I'm Ryan Joy, and we will see you next time.